Hey, Haley. Hi. Want to watch a movie that traumatized me when I was seven years old? Sure. A hundred and twenty minutes later. Oh my God, you watched that when you were seven? Yep, and that was the only time until now. That's right, Writer's Bagel Basket is back, baby, and we watched My Boyfriend's Back. No, baby. Guess who's back? Back again. Boyfriend's back. Tell a friend. So you know what that means. It's in the basket. The Writer's Bagel Basket. Uh oh. Chuck, you okay? I am really, truly sorry about this, Chuck. Tear me apart, Lisa! David, do you take Patrick? Everything is going to be all right. I was thinking maybe the king and I. Uh, how about Oklahoma? I don't consider myself a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curlin. Will we get in trouble copyright-wise for me singing that song? No. Oh. No, because you didn't do, you went under 30 seconds. Oh. Well, there you go. I've been doing this so long now, I know better. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mentioned this on Hell is a Musical, but yes, we were away for a while because uh, life got in the way. and As it does. It made me realize no one listens to the August episodes or the September episodes. So, from August until October, Bagel Basket from now on is... On hiatus. On hiatus. Break. Yeah. A two-month break. A sabbatical. I have three podcasts. It, it Life gets difficult. What? You can't juggle all of them? <laughs> Here's another one for you. Whee! Anyways, what did we watch, sweetie? Oh, my lord. You couldn't pay me to be quiet about this movie. <laughs> if you were like, Haley, here's $1,500. Don't say anything about the movie you just watched. I'd be like sliding the check back to you and be like, no, no, no. No, no. I have things I need to talk what, about. What's the name of the movie? The movie is called My Boyfriend's Back. And this movie opened the same day as two very, very better and more successful Very movies. better? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's there's no. This movie's and. as bad as Scott's grammar. It, there's no and. Movie better. <laughs> I love how we just became the zombies now. <laughs> Movie bad. Script bad. Do Acting you, bad. Did you want to know the two movies it opened up against? Sure. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh no. And The Secret Garden. Oh no. Which two we, movies I love. Should we should we say that when one of us is sick in bed, we pretend to be the child from the Secret Garden? <laughs> yeah. Can I go out and play, Father? Father, can I go out and play? No. Father, I can sort of feel my legs today. Close the drapes. Maybe if I go 
some fresh air. Never. That's what happens. Why do I have to bathe in ice, Daddy? Was it ice? Did you know I'm in love with my cousin and I want to marry her? I don't care what people say. This is not weird. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, my boyfriend's back. Maybe one day we'll do the secret garden. (laughs) I mean, I was like, didn't we already? No, we did a little princess. Yes. Uh, Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) Yay. My favorite. (laughs) Anyway. I, I so I saw this movie when you were a wee lad. I was seven years old, and we rented it from a That's blockbuster. Too young, or I might have been eight at this time. That's too young. Because I'm trying, but anyways, we had my sister and some friends, uh-huh. her friends and my friends had a sleepover. I thought you were going to say they sat you down in a chair, strapped they, you down, yeah, and they, like they, they, clockwork they, orange. Yeah, they, they Alex delarged me. Um, no. There was a sleepover, and everyone got to pick a movie. Oh, no. And one of my sister's friends picked this. I don't remember what my sister picked. I'm guessing 93... Maybe something with Marissa. You know, they say the details surrounding traumatic memories get more fuzzy as you get older. I remember what I picked. What I picked was good. What was it? Bangarang. What's Bangarang? Hook. Oh, okay. I thought you actually there was actually a movie called Bangarang. Oh, don't you remember Bangarang with him? (laughs) 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 Score by. (laughs) (laughs) And by time we were done watching, my boyfriend's back. Scott was shaking. I wanted to go to bed. He had wet his bed. I, I Okay, so at, not to beat a dead horse, but if you've never tuned into this podcast, you picked a doozy of one to start with. Um, but, no, you picked the best one to start with. But as I've talked about on this podcast before, I was terrified of death. I still am. There it is. It's my biggest fear. Dying. Everybody who tuned in for the Scott, the writer's bagel basket drinking game, take a shot. It's so, probably the shot that'll kill you. So this movie may have contributed to it. Oh, like, maybe. Maybe. This one. I mean. The Venn diagram. Why don't you give us the blockbuster rule? It's getting bigger. Yeah, give us the blockbuster rule on... On my boyfriend's back. You're in the Blockbuster video. You pick up the back of the video package and it says... Um, a, a crazy stalker dies in pursuit of the one he quote-unquote loves. And End quote. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he arises from the grave... And she suddenly realizes her necrophiliac tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's three Academy Award winners in this movie. Surprise. Yeah. And they and most of them don't have big roles. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey has a cameo in That's this movie. That's nuts. Like, I this was, was literally like, is that fucking Matthew McConaughey? This was... The, this was the same year. Was this his first movie? No, this was the this 
I think came out like two months after he was already in Dazed and Confused. The role that made him. The. Okay, so was this like a favor? No, I think he couldn't get work and and pretty much... And he was like, yeah, two seconds in this movie ought to cover my electric bill. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah. Um, That's how he signs his contracts. That's how I picture it. It has to be. Sign here. All now right. Now sign here. All right. Now sign here. All right. Is that enough? Okay, we're good. You can make this movie. Yeah. And this... Okay. 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 Are you all right? No, this... Are you unwell? <laughs> I'm unwell. I actually re-traumatized myself. <laughs> so... I was like, I need something for October. We need to come back strong for Bagel Basket. Oh, I, and you came back swinging. Because I, I, there is a second episode coming out this week that we pre-recorded a long time ago. And it's an extra bonus for you guys patiently waiting. So be on the lookout for that. Anyways, I was like, we need to come back strong. We need to watch something that traumatized me as a child. Because Haley's not going to believe that this movie existed. Like, if I told you there is a movie that isn't Warm Bodies, that is a love story about a zombie, but he wasn't a zombie at the beginning of the movie, and he's not a zombie at the end, but he dies in a 7-Eleven type of grocery store saving the girl he loves. I mean, I would certainly be intrigued. And it's... This is how you know a movie's bad. If it's under 90 minutes, uh -huh. this is 124 minutes. This is 82 four minutes long that's bad because three or four of those minutes wait are... i'm sorry the the math didn't add up there for me <laughs> wait what so there was always a rule in film school uh-huh if your movie is under 90 minutes long uh-huh because the typical length of a movie is 90 yep. minutes if it's under 90 minutes it means it's bad it means the studio either cut a bunch like, of yeah, stuff yeah it didn't yeah. have confidence in it right this is one hour and 24 minutes. This is 84 minutes long. And four of those minutes are, are opening titles. <laughs> and turning into a math problem. Haley, if you're, if you're watching a movie. I'm sorry. I didn't sign up for the SATs. The, I get it, but it's just I'm the saying, way you're framing. I'm <laughs> saying that this movie is so short, but it feels so long. Yeah. Like, the I, so many decisions were made. The only other movie that I saw that was this short that felt so long was, have you ever seen the movie Awake? No. It's the. Have you seen Meet the Applegates? Yes, we've talked about it. That movie doesn't exist. Can't find it anywhere. But Awake is the Hayden Christensen. He's awake during heart surgery movie, even though he's supposed to be knocked out. And oh, my God. That's freaking terrifying. And it's only one hour and 20 minutes. It's, it's as long as this movie is. And both movies feel like they're an eternity. And this is the most 90s. I mean, if I was getting open heart surgery and I was awake for it, that would that would uh, that feel like an eternity to me. But yeah, so this movie is a very 90s movie. It takes place in the 90s. But it feels like it's the 50s. Yes, and it continues that grand tradition of having late 20-somethings play teens. Well, the guy who was in this movie, Andrew Lowry, his other movie the year before that announced him as a star 
was he is the guy who grabs Buffy the Vampire Slayer's butt in the movie version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and she flips him over. That's his only other credit before this movie. Ruh-roh. Yeah. They're like, hey, know that guy who cracks jokes and is kind of a pervert? Let's give him an entire movie. Yeah. And um, in this movie, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm not on this kid's side. I think he's... I think he's dangerous. I think everyone literally, in this... Literally, it starts out with, I've always been in love with this girl ever since I was little. And it's like, on the one hand, maybe cute. Like, at least when you're little, it's adorable. Yeah, they, they try to set it up like, isn't he cute? He's wearing a little fireman's hat and he's yeah. holding a poorly wrapped present. Yeah. Cute. But then he's like, I've been lusting after this girl since I was in diapers. That is a line in this movie. Yeah, it is. The um, Yeah. It's, the other the other creepy thing is, I got, is that he he keeps the present wrapped up like yeah. a serial killer. Yeah. Like, um, you, you mentioned Ted Bundy vibes. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, and I did something so unspeakable my love for her made me do something so unspeakable like where's keith morrison when you need him that is literally the opening of dateline meet johnny dingle he lives in small town america and the love of his life is <laughs> doesn't know his he high exists school sweetheart the love of his life Finally, the two decided to get together, but what would unfold would, <laughs> oh, no. would cause ripples through the town of Ingleburg. <laughs> so Johnny got shot in the chest. Oh, no. Oh, my. <laughs> are, you, are you upset about this, Keith? No, go on. I'm, I'm bummed. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. What disturbed me the most as a kid that always, like, Still to this day, when I think about it, and after we just watched it, when he gets shot in the chest, uh-huh. and he goes, "Hey, will you go to prom with me?" and then the blood squirts out. That, as a seven-year-old, it looks like a jelly donut. But like, uh, it's. I actually got a little hungry when it happened. Oh, gross! Are like, you a zombie? But I'm not done talking about the beginning of this movie because literally it goes from I've always liked longed for this girl from afar like and like like make constantly making plans for us to get together and it devolves in like like this girl right from the get is like like she's giving get away from me vibes yeah because the first thing he says to her which he has a million dream sequences in this movie but one that isn't a dream sequence he goes hey so i heard you're now on the market and it's like oh god yeah Jesus and like Christ. she straddles him and then there's i'm not going to get into it because it's no, disgusting no no but not there's... in the dream sequence what he says before he goes into the dream sequence that lets you know she is not into him is i hear you're newly on the market and she goes oh okay yeah, okay. Right. Uh, turn uh, around, turn around. Yeah. And his best friend don't played stand, by... Don't stand so close to me. And his best friend played by the late Danny Zorn. Uh, he's like, buddy, stop talking to her. Like, please. Like, he's like 
trying he doesn't become a good friend towards the end but in the beginning like he starts out strong he's like dude like you can't boundaries boundaries like and and then like yeah we get oh i just want to like the the dream sequences are gross it's very male gaze. It's uncomfortable. Like this whole movie is. This male movie gaze. was written by incels. Yeah, literally. And, um, and then we get to the part where he's like, "Finally, I conceived of a plan so brilliant, so bold. They would, you know, high five me in the streets." And it's literally he goes to her job at night. He is her final customer. And one, he's being incredibly annoying, (laughs) like buying all the shit, trying to buy time because the plan that he's uh, developed in his brain is to stage a robbery, is to stage a robbery where he can be the hero and his friend will play the part of a burglar. And rightfully so, his friend is like, you're sick. This is twisted. You need to go to a hospital. And literally, he does. Like, this is so fucked up in so many ways. Well, not just that, but, like, his friend is just as bad because he goes along with it. Oh, he does. Like, this This is where he crosses over into crazy town. Um, Yeah. And then a real robber shows up, takes his best friend's mask, which that guy doesn't know that. He's the, like, oh, the, you're you're here on, you know. But he, the, the other robber doesn't know that the gun that the friend has is fake, and he just knocks it out of the guy's hand. What if that was real? I have no answers for you. <laughs> he has his gun. What does he care? But... Then, this is Clyde Sands Bonnie. I don't know what to tell you. But then the guy comes in, tries to rob the place, and Johnny, thinking it's his buddy, yeah, gets like, gets like serial killer yeah. confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? He dies. Yeah. And his last words are like, "Well, yeah, he well, dies because come? he jumps in front of the bullet that yeah. was supposed to, you know, hit yeah. her." And. She, he goes, will he go to prom with me? And she's like, eh. she's like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, sure. Like, but Rick and Morty stole that because she, she later says, I was only saying that because you were dying and I was trying to make you feel better. And if you remember on Rick and Morty, Jessica <laughs> says, I want to, when people are dying, I want them to know that they're loved. Rick and Morty stole from this movie. Oh, I don't remember that at all. With the crystal when, when he turns into an Akira because he has the vision of okay. Jessica dying by his side. Oh, I have no I, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It's still bad writing. <laughs> it's it's also really uncomfortable. Yeah, like you can literally see her like, like uh, okay. building that wall in her brain like I'm going to have to go through so much therapy after this. And like... The funeral? I, I just... Oh, the funeral is great. First of all, um, his like everybody's just like, well, dearest Johnny, we hardly knew ye. Well, his parents, and it's just the most lackadaisical funeral. His dad is played by Edward Herman, who is Richie Rich's dad, yeah. and Lorelai Gilmore's dad from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And his mom is Mary Beth Hurt, 
who she was a character actress in the late 80s and early 90s. And she is playing insane on a level that I can't comprehend. She is just so on board with her son being dead. Well, she is like she made a sandwich. Yeah. The thing that creeps me out is not only did she make a sandwich, she didn't wrap it she up. Put, she put a child in between two pieces of bread. Well, later. No, she she makes a sandwich for him. I love how you just like you're like just later, later. Don't spoil it. Don't no. Spoil it. She 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 has an unwrapped sandwich. Yeah, that, that she tosses into the grave. But the the father is like, "Can we hurry up? I'm late for my elks meeting." Like he Your is just son so just die. like cavalier about the whole thing. Like yes, yes, tears, crying, bury the boy, bury the boy, and well, this, and this movie is trying to go for it's trying to be like Heather's. I can see that, yeah, but it's not. But Heather still has like an undertone of like this. It kind of takes itself seriously, and this, like, oh, it's just. Uh, it's- it's so over the top. It's trying to be so many things. Like it's, there's a, f- like you have to straddle absurdity. You can't just like. You you can't just. Yeah. So, looking stuff you up. You can't just human centipede absurdity. Do you know who was originally offered this movie to direct it and he turned it down? What? Peter Jackson. Because they would not let him film in New Zealand. <laughs> That would have made it better somehow. Yeah, and remember how somehow, I said three Academy Award winners are in this movie? Yes. It's actually four because you have Cloris Leachman. Yep. You have Matthew McConaughey. there for like five seconds. Yeah, Cloris Leachman, who won the Oscar for The Last Picture Show. Matthew McConaughey, who Who's won. there for two seconds. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who's there for a decent five minutes. And one of the girls in the beauty salon, because this was filmed in Texas, was Renee Zellweger. That was fucking Renee Zellweger? Yeah, with the bad bangs. Oh, no. Yep. Roxy Hart, what have they done to you? That's not what she won the Oscar for. I know, <laughs> but still. She won it for playing Judy Garland and Cold Mountain. <laughs> we skip over that one. <laughs> yeah, there are four Academy Award winners. There is a man... And none of them are being used correctly. Yeah, and Paul Dooley, who had been in a bunch of John Hughes movies, is kind of playing the same role he played in those John Hughes movies. But he plays Philip Seymour Hoffman's dad, who goes on a rampage because... Who is absolutely right and correct and justified in his actions. You heard me? I said it. There's a zombie walking amongst these people who ate the stomach out of his son, which... My only problem with this is they're saying that he killed Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, which he didn't. No, but I would argue that anyone, like any decent attorney, would consider this like manslaughter. But I will say that there are two lines I really like in this movie. The first is Philip Seymour Hoffman dies and his final words are he lifts the axe above his head and he just goes, "Uh oh. Row, because he realizes he just stabbed himself in the brain and then my other favorite line in this movie is when the angry mob comes into the doctor's office the mad doctor's office he's like i'm just here for my flu shot well his his buddy yeah, yeah. his buddy goes uh we don't know what you're talking about i'm just here for a flu shot yeah there's 
that's it. <laughs> two lines. Two good lines. Well, I though I did find the doctor really funny. So um, I have a story about the doctor. You met him? Well, I was supposed to oh, work God, for him. Oh, you went to see him? No. No. Austin Pendleton from, he was the stuttering uh, defense attorney in My Cousin Vinny. Oh, really? And he's, he's the henchman in the original Muppets movie. Okay. He has a theater in New York, and his theater, I was going to work for him when I lived in New York, but uh-huh. the hours at The Daily Show were longer than I expected it. Yeah. And by the end of the day, I just want to go home. Right. But I could have worked at his theater uh, basically doing PR, and I was just so tired by the end of the day. <laughs> but I met him a few times, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's actually he just talks like that. He's like, oh, hey, yeah, you can come. Whenever you want, if you can, it's Come, fine. I'll strap you to a table. I'll turn you <laughs> to a zombie. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, it's Mr. Nanny and my boyfriend's back star, Austin Pendleton. But, like, he's... That would have been cool, though. It would have been cool. I liked I... him in this movie. He, I, I like him in anything. Like, so much fun. He's, like, he... ridiculous. But, yeah, that's his personality. He's he's like that. Okay. Oh, also, no, who... he's in Finding Nemo. S- you were in the outside. Unclean, unclean. There are germs everywhere. He's that that paranoid fish. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that that's my uh, my boyfriend's back connection. Six degrees of separation. Also, uh, you'll be shocked to learn that Tracy Lind, who plays, I forgot her character's name, the girl he's in love with. It doesn't matter. Her the, name doesn't matter. I believe this is her only role. <laughs> And I'm saying that because the movie treats this girl as if Missy. she does not matter. Missy McLeod. Like, literally, like, she makes her feelings so clear in the beginning. Like, she doesn't wants nothing to do with this boy. And I totally get it. He gives the biggest incel vibes like you wouldn't believe. She's like, she knows. She knows this boy has been stalking her. Oh, I was wrong. She had other roles, but this is her only lead. But okay. she was in the 1990 version of a, The Handmaiden's Tale. Oh, no. Also, the fact that his parents, they're okay with him committing murder. So we... we oh, wa- they're fully on board. Okay. All right. So we Haley and I watched Bottoms last week, uh-huh. which is great. Good movie. Yeah. Really funny. But I pointed out to you, the two main characters know they're in a movie. Well, that's... I mean, that's speculation on your part. But the more I think about it, yes. But these are people who think they're in a movie. They're not sure. But instead of acting like normal people in a movie, they act like, what if we did the opposite? <laughs> like, But um, can I just say, by the way, I missed my calling to become a... Makeup person? No. Um, well, yes, but no. Um, no, I missed my calling to be a uh, like a terrifying crypt keeper. What, what do they call a, a, a cemetery? A groundskeeper. A ground, thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. I missed my calling to be a groundskeeper yeah, in a cemetery. Yeah, but you dress like Vampira the oh entire time. Oh, my God. I, like, one day it would be, like, Vampira. The next day it would be just lily munster L- lily no but 
Morticia. That they're all basic. You're just describing the same woman, basically. Lily Monster wore purple. Outfit. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. No, like <laughs> I need to like come out with like a fake wooden leg and like rags and like <laughs> the a log basket, lady from Twin Peaks. A basket of chicken bones, and I need to be like, "Welcome to the cemetery. We got a fresh plot for you." Well, Murray, <laughs> lift my lift, <laughs> clack my claws together that are like covered in fresh graveyard dirt. Yeah, this movie has a decade problem because some of the people dress like they're in the 50s. Murray, the crypt keeper, groundskeeper, dresses like he's like from the 1920s. I mean, wouldn't you? But but Missy and... I would argue, what if he is the other dead person that came back to life? Because they allude to that. And what better place to keep your other zombie than in the graveyard? Maybe, but... It goes nowhere. That's my theory. I'm sticking with it. I'm just so curious. What would a Peter Jackson version like? How let could... it go, let it go. We're never gonna get it. You gotta let it go. Yeah, but but like, we would have had the moment where like Philip Seymour Hoffman gets stabbed in the head with my axe, my sword, my bow. No. No, you didn't say it right. You have my sword, and my bow, and my axe. Oh no! He is. I don't want to say Philip Seymour Hoffman's giving it a ten. He's giving it something. Yeah, but like, he he's giving it like Marky Mark energy. Like this, he's yeah. giving it full. You funky come to bunch. my school. Yeah, and I know. You hit on my best friend's girl. I'll show you what I can't do a Marky Mark voice. I mean, like his best friend in this movie. You think you can come in here? Do you? Is is Matthew Fox? Yeah, from Jack from Lost and Charlie from Party of Five and Racer X from Speed Racer. A man who would go on to have a very long career, and he is playing. A douche who does not have to be a douche. He doesn't even start out as a douche because he's not mean to Johnny in the beginning. He's just like, oh, hey, Johnny. Well, also, how would you treat the guy who you knew was stalking your girlfriend and being an outright creep? I I don't think it would get to that point because I probably would have already had a restraining order out on that man. (laughs) You wouldn't have one. But no, like you, no, you you wouldn't like be nice to that guy. No, you wouldn't. But he is nice to him in the beginning before he dies. Eh. I mean, everyone's acting like they're in Pleasantville, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he gets shot, rises from the grave, and he's just like, "No, I'm not dead. I can't be dead." It's like I don't know. Like, I feel like six feet is a long way to crawl yourself out of the ground. What, did you think everyone was having a goof? Like, like, well, the other thing is, when he arises, he's not wearing a suit. His parents buried him in the clothes he was shot in. No, no, they they don't show how they buried him. He, when he comes up, he's not wearing a suit. He's wearing the clothes he, he, he died in. I thought he was wearing a suit. I didn't. I don't think so, but... My point is, his parents are very inattentive 
both when he's alive and when he's dead. <laughs> oh no, I would argue they're more they were more attentive to him dead than they ever were when he was alive. Okay, they're terrible parents before and after. <laughs> they do all the wrong things when he's alive and they do all the wrong things when he's dead because they try to help commit murder. Uh yeah. Like kidnapping children. Uh he literally comes into like as soon as they know he's dead. And like, they first, lift a cloche. I did like how when he like um when he does reveal like, hey, I'm dead like or when he first walks through the door, they're like, Hey son, hey dad. Um and the dad's like Son, we had a conversation with the the police, and the, the cor the doctor, the, the coroner, coroner, the bread, the 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 baker, the candlestick maker, and uh, we all concluded that you were uh, pushing up daisies. And he's like, no, Johnny doesn't realize he's dead until he finds the bullet hole and sticks the finger into the bullet hole, Ugh. and he goes, oh shit, <laughs> like feeling a weird tingling sensation how did this i i feel like michael scott doing the exit interview for toby how do you don't just have like i'm getting so mad about what yeah this movie definitely traumatized me as a kid because i can see how it would definitely be traumatizing as a child especially when all you want to watch is Hook. I don't know, though. It's so absurd. Well, the other thing is... And the makeup is so bad. The other thing is, anytime there was, like... There's no nudity in this movie, but anytime there's any woman in her underwear... Yeah. My sister would put her hand over my eyes, <laughs> and uh, her friend would do that to her little brother, who is my friend... Uh huh. And I was like, "Shield your eyes, child." I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And I just hear underpants. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how they told you underpants. Yeah, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm not allowed to see that." Thank you. I don't want to get in trouble with mom. <laughs> I was seven. I should not have been watching this My, movie. No, you shouldn't have. Like, like. There are plenty of movies that we've say, done on this podcast. Sweet summer child. There are plenty of movies that we've done on this podcast yeah. that you have flat out told me you shouldn't have been watching. And I'm like, no, I should have. It's fine. This is the one where I'm like, yeah, I should not have this been. This was not appropriate for me. Like, just everything about it. Like, the nonchalance of when he tries to bite his friend and his friend's like, hey, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, he goes back to school and like the teach <laughs> the teacher. I don't want to hear your excuses. Welcome to the public <laughs> public education system. Well, before that, she was she goes Johnny Dingle and she's like, oh yeah, he's dead. Shit. And then he walks in and he's like the Fonz. He's like, hey everybody. Can you imagine like the school counselor that day? Like, there's got to be like like the kid earlier who's like Jane Goodall's my hero. He is now in the guidance office, Ted tucked between his knees, blowing into a paper bag, just like <gasps> just just losing his mind. Uh, but oh. yeah, I still don't understand how he gets a date with Missy. I still don't. I still I, don't. Uh, you know how he gets a date. She loves them cold. 
Yeah, that's another thing I don't she understand. She loves him cold. Well, the, it, the it's colder, because he's, the better. He, he's nice to she her likes, somehow. She like she puts. I just picture her putting her ear up to his chest. She's like, "Yes, I can hear the earthworms from here. I love the smell of maggots in the morning." And I'm saying to you, when they go to the movies and they see the zombie movie, the zombie movie has better makeup than the makeup. In this yeah. movie, and it's the same makeup department. I, yeah, that is baffling to me because there's a lot of like there's a lot of continuity issues in this movie. Um, like they show the like placement of bullets later because he gets shot multiple times and they're like not in the right spots. Like they they miss one entirely. The they one, miss the one that killed him. Yeah, and then, um, like. There are times there's, where he doesn't look dead. Yeah, like you, like half of his face is not. I don't know if it's a question of lighting. It, it, it probably it was lighting. I think it's lighting because, because when he's when he's in Cloris Leachman's house, there's he, times where he looks appropriately gray. You can see it. Then sometimes, like you see a line around his chin. Sometimes half of his face is gray and pale, and the other is not, which leads me to believe it's lighting. Which, if that's the case, I'm guessing. So this is technically a Disney movie. <laughs> is it? It's Touchstone. Oof. This is technically a Disney movie. Yeah. All about necrophilia. I, I mean, I wonder if they pitched this like, hey, know how we always joke about Walt being a frozen corpse? What if we made that a movie? But <laughs> What if he get, we gave him a girlfriend? <laughs> Like Minnie Mouse? No, not like Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse is in this movie. You didn't see the girl with the poke with the I, polka that's dot dress. Who, that's what the dress was. Yeah. That, because I'm like, is that Betty Boop? No. Is that who had who had the pink and and polka dot dress? Like it took me a, a while. Yeah. It took me hearing you say that to realize that. <laughs> Again, traumatic memories get repressed. And like, um, but, uh, what was? It? Oh, side note, you're yeah. afraid of death. You want you? Can I reveal something to you? I mean, you kind of already know. I I'm kind of afraid of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I, no, I don't like him. I've never understood the appeal. I don't find him cute. I find him kind of haunting. Well, you know that Disney World and Disneyland, they have cats that they release at night through the park to eat mice, right? Smart. But their entire mascot is a mouse. I mean, I appreciate irony. Do you think they dress those cats up like the Aristocats? <laughs> what did they do? Yeah, buddy. Well, I mean, everyone else has to be in costume. I don't see why that wouldn't extend to their uh, feline employees. Mm -hmm. But yeah, getting back to this movie. Johnny mm -hmm. bites the bullet and decides, yeah, I'm going to have to eat someone after talking to Cloris Leachman, who you find out it was her husband who died. And she's like, you got to eat people. That's the only way you're going to stay alive. Yeah. And she's he's like. How do you know? It, like, I don't know. They allude to something deeper with Cloris Leachman, and it never comes to fruition. Well, I was wondering like, if they she make had... it seem like there's so much more there. I was wondering if there was like, because once again, this is 84 minutes. If there was like a whole 10 minutes 
that featured more of her, and she has, like, her husband in the basement, like, Shaun of the Dead style. That's... <sighs> Sorry, if you didn't know, we're recording late. But that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, like, something like that, where she's going to be like, this is what's going to become of you, and this is what I have to deal with. So this is what Missy's going to have to deal with. Do you really want this? And... Like... <sighs> And that would be more powerful if he let go of his stalking ways. But no. I mean, he does, as soon as he takes a bite out of her, literally, um, he's like, oh, no, we cannot be together. But still, it just doesn't hit as hard. Yeah, and... <sighs> and she is so eager to crack open a cold one. She is just so ready. Like, she's like, there's just... There's just something different about you. You're just so dead. Like <laughs> It's gross. And the dad, so I looked it up. The dad is J.O. Sanders, who his one of his most famous roles was he was in Green Lantern. He played Blake Lively's dad. Pretty much a similar role. Okay. But he, the way he he basically is like, you don't know what he's thinking. Because he's like, oh, we we need to have a discussion, because I think the the Dingles and the McClouds need to have a uh, yeah, come we together. need to have a talk. And after he... after Missy's been like, and you know, like Missy, like right after what's his like, they go on a little date. His ear falls off, and she's like, maybe not, because it's like I like my corpses, but I can't have them in pieces, you know? Yeah. She that, likes them whole or not at all. But also in that scene in the movie theater, that's where we get Matthew McConaughey. And this was his film debut, or the first movie that he filmed. Okay. Um, But he filmed this the same time that he was making Dazed and Confused. All right. Which is insane. That is insane. Because his most iconic role... And probably his least memorable role since Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. That is a real movie, and he is in it. I know. <laughs> it is terrible. And he is in it. On the subject of terrible movies, let's keep talking about this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, th I think... <sighs> but, yeah, I... like, even, like, after that, Missy's still like, um... So, uh, are you going to be able to keep it together? Like, literally? Like, because I have plans for you. I have fantasies. And none of those fantasies work if some assembly is required. You know what I'm saying? And he's it's... like, no, please. What do you mean? I'm kind of an idiot. Like, it doesn't work for me if I have to, like, staple you together. Just like the doctor stapled your ear together. Well, he didn't. He used Gorilla Glue. But. Yes, but the stapler was the backup plan. And people are dumb in this movie. Like, they don't... Un they're like, oh, I'm pretty oh, sure you're dead. No, no, let's skip over the fact... Like, they're supposed to be dumb. There's no way this movie doesn't work. Yeah, but or, this movie doesn't understand how or, death works. <laughs> like, like, they're like, oh, I guess you can get over death like it's a cold. Well, they... Like, clearly weird stuff has been going on in this town because when the reporter... Like later, Margaret shows Thatcher. Up. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher, the reporter. When she shows up, 
she is just like, yeah, this isn't the first time this has happened. I'm sorry. Stop the presses. What has been going on in this town? Yeah, if that's the case, then... Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. If people are coming back from the dead, you need to stop offering the option of burying them. Everyone becomes (laughs) cremated. Or better yet, do like what the Victorians did and put cages over the gravestones. You never heard of the Great Vampire Panic of New England? I have, but but the the whole they they should have just put everyone gets cremated. Everyone, yeah. Well, they want to. They want to correct this mistake as like Johnny. So, like she's. Like, Missy's going around town and people are, you know, losing their minds, as you would be. I'm sorry. But one, at the very, very least, she is a necrophiliac. That is against the law. Yes. Like, whatever. He's a zombie. He's a danger to society. Like, set that aside. Also, Missy is committing a felony. For a zombie... Yeah. He deals with food a lot in this movie. Yeah. It's like, uh, like, there's nothing like, there's one line where he eats human food, and he's like, oh, it tastes different. They did something different. And then he teaches her how to eat... uh, Jujubes? Jujubes and soda. Yeah, and he's like looking at her like, you know what looks good to me? You know what I love to snack on? Here in this here movie theater. Your brains. Your delicious, delicious brains. I would love for there to be a hard cut. And like he's still in the movie theater. And like she's laying there like half her neck is missing. And he's just like going back for more. And what like, have I done? The credits are rolling. No, he's just happy. He's like the credits are rolling. He's like staying for the bloopers. The lights are slowly coming on. And everybody's just like. Ah! He's like, what? That's how this movie should end. Well, you you were asking me, how is it that this is kind of a similar plot to Warm Bodies? Yeah. A movie that we've done on this podcast. There's literal moments that are like almost identical to Warm right. Bodies. And the more I think about it, it's because Warm Bodies is a good movie written well. <laughs> I love how that's your answer. Haley, let me tell you something. Have you ever heard of a good movie? <laughs> like, well, no, it, there's a better director. I, well, yeah, but also it's like, here's the thing. It's like the way the romance starts out in Warm Bodies is much more organic as opposed to I've been lusting after this right. girl since she was a toddler. Right. In Warm like, Bodies, it's he sees her, she starts his heart again. Yes, and he's so he's intrigued because, like, what is it about this girl that's making me literally come to life? Right. And and, and it's then the romance unfolds. Wanting from to there. be a better person. Yes, wanting to be a better person. He's like, I've been like, because they, that's the thing. It's like they do become zombies, but the zombification in that movie is like almost like a virus. Right. It slowly overtakes your body. Right. This is flat out death. Yeah. And the other thing is. He never learns his lesson. Yeah. He no, doesn't. At all. He he dies, then he goes to Judgment World, which I'm pretty sure they stole from Defending Your Life. And they're like, you were supposed to come here. I was going to say Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. but <laughs> You mean Bogus Journey. Oh, Bogus Journey, yeah. 
And then they're like, you were supposed to come here because we made an oopsie. And then, like, I don't think they did make an oopsie because the same thing happens again verbatim. The only difference is he has the necklace, which I have no idea how, yes, she puts the necklace on him when he's dying at prom, but there is no way that that necklace would be on him in Judgment World and at the... Uh, I can't give you answers to these we haven't even gotten to some of the more crazier parts like so the doctor takes a bit of his like stem cells i guess like okay first of all there's a scene that always gets me and a a lot of people in any movies and it's the 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 um from black swan yeah she rips the hangnail and like a bunch of her her skin skin comes comes off. off yeah yeah this is like that where you just hear him like oh you need skin rip yeah, and, and it's, it's a very yeah. Velcro sound. But. Yeah. And so he just hands it to the doctor, and the doctor's like, yeah, I could do something with this. Let me putter around my little lab. And then the nurse who he's clearly having an affair with is like... I think that's actually his wife. I think that's actually meant to be his wife. Probably, but... I think it's a family practice. But you know he just I'm calls saying? her nurse, which is weird. I mean, is it weird? Yeah, it's very it, weird. I think it's their thing. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, well, we could bring him back to life or we could kill him and then make a ton of this rejuvenation serum from his dead cells. And I literally like turned to Scott when that like when like initially he makes this cure and he's like, yay, I can save the boy. And his wife just turns into Mrs. Lovett. She's like, seems an awful waste. Waste. Seems a downright shame. Shame. What a nice plump frame. What's his name has? Had. Has. Though it can't be traced. Okay, you need to stop singing. I know. I'm sorry. Copyright I'm, I'm, cu- I'm cutting it close. Anyway, but literally she's like, you know what's better money saving a human life money yeah you could create plastic surgery without doing plastic surgery that's the tagline wrong podcast but yeah so that happens and and then like the rest of the movie is like kill the witch i think though we're still missing the craziest part of the movie where he comes home after he like takes a bite out of his friend no or are you talking about the little boy oh no it's yes it's after he like philip seymour hoffman dies after he eats philip seymour hoffman's stomach yes like philip seymour hoffman's character you know offs himself in the fight yeah and he goes home early because why not and his parents are there and they're like hey we have something waiting for you in the kitchen and literally it's a child on a bed of kale, and he's licking a lollipop. You forgot the most important part. She lifts a cloche. And I'm sorry, this would never happen. One, because in the 90s, they were telling us, like, the greatest danger to our lives, besides quicksand, was... <laughs> Don't was, forget Ambles and, and TNT. Yeah. Was... Um, stranger danger. Pe- stranger danger. People in vans handing out candy. And this kid clearly didn't get the memo. Well, he saw the biggest lollipop there was, and he's like, "Okay, yep, I'll Hansel my gr- I'll Hansel and Gretel my way out of this." And but what what was Johnny supposed to do, like Scooby Doo style, like 
pick the kid up and eat him like a, one of those Scooby-Doo sandwiches? I think that's what his parents were hoping for. They're like, why not? Uh, like, I have a theory. Like, the parents have literally, like, they've been traumatized to the point where they are no longer thinking clearly. They are in so much shock and, like, like just overcome with grief because their son has literally returned to them. And they cannot conceive of a world not only where he's alive, but he's also still dead. So this is like a Schrodinger's cat situation where they're caught in this terrible purgatory. And the only way they are able to get themselves out of it is if they can acknowledge one or the other. And they've chosen to acknowledge him as a zombie. Ergo, we must feed our zombie son. It's very bizarre. Did you like that Freudian explanation I just dropped down? Where's my lollipop? Where's my reward? <laughs> I'll just sit on this bed of parsley. Like literally they are teetering on the edge of insanity and they're like, we can only like either our son is dead or truly dead or our son is alive and this is the way to sustain him. And so like I like this is a movie about grief. Okay, let's be real here. Yeah, but <sighs> um but I still the, they're, the, the, they're literally so nonchalant and that's that's like I know I'm also, going way into it but how it's does like, she keep finding these guns where is she get where's the mom getting all these oh guns it's from? always the quiet ones like she 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 well the first one one of um uh Philip Seymour Hoffman's dad Paul Dooley one of the guys who is absolutely the in the right who is absolutely, he literally is like, he comes to the doctor's office to identify his son's body. Which I still think the, it's funny. I still think it's funny that he did not remove the axe from his head. Yeah, and the doc, the, like the doctor's like, huh, well, the pulse isn't where we want it to be. And uh, you can see there's a great deal of blood loss. And, well, you're not going to be on your feet anytime soon, are you? <laughs> like, you know, I've heard of... There are coroners or morticians who talk to the dead, but it's more of a way of coping, well, and it's done respectfully. Remember in Minority Report, Tim Blake Nelson's character talks to the the people in suspended animation, and he plays the organ. Like, yeah, these very lonely men do very weird things when they're just left to their <laughs> devices. These very lonely men do very weird things. I was surprised he didn't start doing a puppet show. <laughs> Not with the body, Haley. You said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, everybody else in town is losing their minds. He's and making, he's a regular Arthur Bergman. He's making <laughs> he's making finger puppets out of his dead finger puppets. Finger puppets out of his corpses. Uh, but yeah, I just. I am just shocked that they got the actors who that they got because at this time, yes, Matthew Fox wasn't really that big of a movie actor and Philip Seymour Hoffman either, but they were doing like Broadway. They were doing like real theater. I just, I am. And when did this come out? 93. So they I mean, filmed it in 92. I feel like that was a good year for the economy. I don't know. I, I just picture, like, this is 93, and on the, they're filming on the Disney lot. What was happening in 93? For Disney movies, like, I, I picture, like, 
Chevy... Besides me learning how to like, like my ABCs for the first time. Like, I, I feel like Chevy Chase is making Man of the House with Jonathan Taylor Thomas on the same set that this movie is being made. And they're also doing Mighty Ducks. Like, this is a very weird set. You got ice hockey and then you also have, you know, zombies. Yeah. And women dress like picnic baskets saying, eat me. Ugh. Feed me Seymour. <laughs> I just... Eat me all night long. Stop singing copyrighted music. That was way that was well under 30 seconds. Um But, but like we we gotta talk about we're not gonna but explain can, the fantasies, but we need to talk about that he has these daydreams. Well wait, hold on. Before we get into that, I need to Bucks is it Buck? That's Matthew Fox's character, her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Charlie Chuck. His dad comes to identify his son's body, sees that the, the doc, the mortician, is disrespecting his son's corpse, making light of his death, and then, then he goes to avenge his son's killer, the person who mauled his son to death, because in my mind, I'm like, this kid's on bath salts. He needs to be put down. And. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a reference. <laughs> that's an old one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Um, no, it's not because he didn't eat anyone's face, Haley. I'm sorry. The fact that he was a foot lower makes a difference. <laughs> Um, no, that that's that's the one thing with when they're like, yes, yeah, and people on bath salts, I'm like they're eating the face. Hmm, that's weird. That's a choice. I mean, when you start seeing faces everywhere, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's what monkeys do. Ugh. They go for the face. Ugh. Um, but ugh, oh oh god, I just terrified myself. Um, but. He like, and then he goes to take care of the problem. Mm -hmm. An undead boy who is literally a danger to himself and others, and finds his other son on the kitchen counter, no. ready to be, you know. No, he's not on the kitchen counter. He comes out of the room where Johnny, where Johnny was hiding. Semantics. Anyway, the garnish is still in this his little overalls. True. And he's still funny. got the lollipop. Yeah. And he's like, so you were about to take out not one son but two. I nearly lost my whole family to you to th these people. I would absolutely be getting the torch and pitchforks. Yes, but you don't take anyone with you. You do your own dirty work. He had a whole mob. I think when you're facing the undead. You need a support system. You need a support system. You need to be prepared. My question is, I understand where they got the pitchforks from because we saw a hardware store at the beginning of the movie. Where did they get the torches and that giant battering ram? I can ram? make a torch in two minutes. What about the battering ram? Give me a day. <laughs> well, they had less than like an hour. Listen. Listen. When you, when you are protecting your family, Scott, <laughs> from a one-man boy-killing machine. Well, the funny thing is he only eats one person, and the person was already dead. The father does 
that. No, I'm saying like for a zombie movie, at least there's only one casualty besides him at the beginning. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, most zombie movies. But my point is, like, everybody in the town is like treating him like he's an other. I'm sorry, but correct. <laughs> he is a zombie, but like, hold on, I, I need. But to... also, I would be more again. She is committing a felony. This is necrophilia. Look at that poster. The poster for this movie is absolutely ridiculous. He is holding a bouquet of flowers popping out of a grave, and she has sunglasses on in her prom dress, and she's doing the Wendy Peppercorn of lowering yeah. the shades. Holy shit. We rented this movie. Yeah, we we sort of Luckily, own this now. N- no, we rented it. We have three days left. That's why I said sort of own it. <laughs> well, here's the crazy thing. It owns us. Luckily, we had a gift card, so we didn't pay anything for this. Hooray. But if we were to buy it, it's seventeen ninety nine. That's ridiculous. Who the hell would pay? Like, whoever would actually own this movie? Adjust for inflation. They, they need That's help. That's too much money. I mean, to be fair, when the VHS came out to actually own it, to rent it, it was like two bucks. To own it was like $50 times are different (laughs) but yeah i just it's like this poor town is like what is happening we got people popping out of the ground this is i guess normal and like this kid he bit his friend almost no no he bit him no he went to and his friend's like no he still i'm sorry when teeth make contact with flesh and someone says Ow, that is a bite. It doesn't matter that the teeth don't get all the way. If I nibble, that is a nibble. And his if, friend his friend also kind of looked like Corey from Boy Meets World. A little bit. But he also kind of looked like Pat from It's Pat. Sure. <laughs> The old SNL sketch. I don't know who that is. I'll show you later, and you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Another sketch that doesn't age well. That's how I'll react when every when anyone else mentions this and mentions this movie. Don't oh, worry, yeah. no one else Ugh. will. <laughs> I only remember this because. Well, I- they will now. Oh wait, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Hook that I rented. I rented Robin Hood Men in Tights. Still a much better yeah, movie. Yeah, much better. <laughs> a different swashbuckler. But yes. They needed to, like, made Marion's chastity belt. They needed to put that on Missy. <laughs> they needed to put that on the, like, box for this movie to rent it. Like, nope, nope. No, no, no. No, no, no. No tingling until the wedding ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love how we don't get to see the Batgirl movie. They took a $90 million hit on that, but we get to see films like this. Well, this is our, this has been in existence, okay? You can't you can't compare. I'm just saying. But it, yeah, so the, look, this is his pattern thus far. This is this is what's his name's pattern. I don't even remember the kid's name. Johnny. This is Johnny's pattern. Johnny Dangle. He is a stalker who staged a fake robbery which is a crime yes 
and also can be considered attempted murder from his friend because as long as somebody believes that they are about to be shot like if they like this is already there's precedent for this if you have a gun and even if this that gun does is not loaded if you point that gun at somebody it can be considered deadly force yes also the darkest prom proposal there ever was yeah the only weirdest prom um proposal from my town growing up is someone took a bunch of balloons and spelled out the girl's name that he wanted to take to prom on her lawn what what did he do he blew up a bunch of balloons like balloons. so he littered yes but they weren't like regular balloons he made balloon animals out of her name i mean creative yes and she's like, okay, no one else is asking me. <laughs> I mean, that's nice. I thought it was a nice it's gesture. Creative. but But it's the he only. He had permission to be on her lawn, right? No. Okay, that's, that's not okay. No, he did not. <laughs> that's not okay. No, she lived next door to him. Oh. I'd be like, if you're thinking you can come onto my lawn that easily, like, what else are you doing there, bud? Yeah. But anyway, like. Then he bites his friend. Yep. Then he, like, is making another man's torso into his buffet. He also is... His parents are participating. I'm sorry. The whole town needs to be up in arms. Yeah, they're, they're talking about, like, cremating him. It's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You're clearly in danger. Well, when when we finally get to the climax of the movie of everyone gets him at his grave and she's protecting him, Murray, I love how Murray says to her dad, he's like, well, would have you done the same thing that he did? Yes. Yeah. Would you? Would you? Yeah. Would you have stepped in front of the bullet? Yes. Would you have come back like, for come her? Back from, <laughs> come back for her? Yeah. No, he says yes. He would. He would have come back. For no, he, no, he doesn't. He says I don't know. Okay. Yes, but he said he wouldn't eat. Yeah, because of course you wouldn't. I'm. I, listen, come here. Yeah. Come here. Hold my hand. Hold my hand. I love you. I love you. You are my soulmate. You are my world. But I ain't turning anybody into hamburger helpers. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I can't. Well, if you loved me, you would. I know. He's so offended now. No. He's he, walking away. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. That's you not... wouldn't want me to. No, I wouldn't. The only, listen, the only legitimate excuse is the Donner Party problem. They do mention they that. They are, are all, no, but here's the thing. She calls it the Donnie pa- uh, Party. Here's the thing. Like, yeah. Did some of the Donner Party members, like, like there was one guy who like did kill people yeah but literally they were only eating people that were already dead and just Which technically he did that too. like there was literally a father who told his daughters like when i die you need to eat me like yeah. there's no other way like around. a snake i your jaw yeah this is my will um i being of sound mind and very thin body <laughs> but he does technically do that because I he just was dead. Like it's not the same. Yeah, it's weird, but 
there's an escalation of behavior happening that should concern everyone and her. But she is so, so just... She wants an otter pop bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it's more of that whole how I met your mother thing, like uh, Dobbler versus Dahmer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, can't live without me. Yeah. And when we get to the prom where he dies and then he goes up to ju- the judgment world, when he comes back, he still does the same thing i already said that but he does do the same thing it doesn't repeat like it the 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 whole i'm guessing he's supposed to be saint peter but i love i love how you said it doesn't repeat when you said he does the same thing i'm i'm saying that it does he doesn't become a zombie again no he doesn't actually die well the locket remember the locket which as it turns out is the uh, okay first of all listen you want to get your girlfriend to lock it? Do it. But the longer you keep that locket in your possession, the higher the creep factor. Like, you know, literally, like, the Venn di- Like, the not Venn diagram. Yeah. It is Venn diagram. Yeah. You're right. Are you saying the you should... more time... You should have traded it in for pogs. Yeah. No. It's like, that is... That is so much time to have a locket kicking around in your closet that you have put your childhood photo in and hers. Yep. And he put it in a box and kept it for years. Years. Yeah. And the whole point of a locket is to like for you to put, you know, or or for her to put a picture of you or her dog but or any boy band member she likes yeah it. this literally. is the time of new kids on the block or bell Beveau. yeah she's putting or, justin timberlake in there or any other member no 93 this is new kids on the block okay so. new kids yeah so donnie Wahlberg or jordan or jonathan yeah Knight. she's not putting in her boyfriend in there joey mack and any of the the new kids on the block but yeah but so he's kept this locket. He he gives it to her, and then when he comes back, I I can't even imagine people tuning into this podcast right now. No, what what rinky dink movie did he? When did he die? How did he die? He he dies a lot in this movie. He dies a lot. He like there's fantasies where he lives and dies again, where he eats people and he awakens, and it's and just... they're all sexual and it's all upsetting. It's like. No wonder why I was terrified of death. I was afraid, like... I mean, they do say cannibalism can be very romantic. <laughs> but I'm I wondering if why, when I was in the Boy you. Scouts, this is why I was afraid to use an axe. Because I thought I was going to be dumb like Philip Seymour Hoffman's character was, like uh, Medium Chuck. I think he's called Middle Chuck. You got Big Chuck, Middle Chuck, and Little because Chuck. Because he eats him? No, because I, th- I thought that if I pulled... Medium piece of beef Chuck. If I pulled the axe back yeah trying to chop wood and the boys so get- when so for my so for my brother's little um uh like bachelor party there when you were throwing the axes no because you flash back to this movie no because that i'm not lifting it above my head you're you thought about it 
Actually, I did. But but as a kid, when I was in the Boy Scouts and we had to chop wood, yeah, I was terrified to lift it above my head because of this movie. I mean, you would be like, there's a movie that I viscerally remember. I well, I can't remember what the movie was. We but already it's talked about the Secret Garden. No. <laughs> no, where some woman she's like chopping wood. And, like, she brings it down on her leg and her children have to, like, drive her to the hospital. And, like, you can, like, there is a lot of blood. And you can see, like, that, like, that was, I think, my first experience with gore. What movie is I don't know. I was flipping channels and it just stopped on this. And I still, to this day, don't know what that movie was. All I know is I was horrified. And any time, like, my mom would chop wood, I would just be like, no. I've been I've been really into watching reels of there is a machine that chops the wood for you. You basically just put a log in and it just chops it into I, quarters. S- sweetie, I got news for you. That's called a wood chipper. No, no. It 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 basically has the axe attached to it and you just press it with your foot. No. No? No. You don't, don't like, like it. You don't, I don't like, like it. I don't like it. I don't like this modern world. <laughs> I mean, I just that. What's always... next, AI? Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, but um... when when he when he comes back to life and gets shot again, and it's like you have to ask yourself. But but she's like, hey. she's like, hey, you're not even you're not even shot. First off, yes, he is shot. He's not wounded. Wounded is the word you're looking for. Not yeah. he's still shot. Yeah, he got. He, yeah, he was protected. Yes, by the locket. Which he he was how old? He was like eight years old when he got that locket for her. Yeah, there's no way that apparently that locket's made out of titanium. <laughs> yeah, the the locket he would have got would have been <laughs> aluminum. And it still would have went right through him. Sterling silver could never. (laughs) Well, this locket that I got you, they built out of the space shuttle. This can handle the heat of the atmosphere. Actually, I have a necklace that has the same glass that they use from spaceships. Oh, really? Yeah. They use it as a heat reflector. The point is, he would have been dead a second time. Yeah. Uh, unless... He should have been dead. Well, technically, he was dead. But but then, like, he tells her how much he loves her. She was kind of... Lukewarm about it? Yeah. So how we get to the end where she goes to prom with him and he ends up with her, like, it doesn't make sense. And also... Even if he wasn't a zombie, Buck would have still killed him. Yeah. There's no way he was going to prom with her at the end of that movie. No, because, again, she likes him cold. Well, the other thing would have been, you find out this is all in his head and he's being tied to the electric chair for stalking. Like, she's like, hey, you know what would be sexy? I need you to get into this ice bath. (laughs) Hey, uh, remember how I told you my favorite Batman villain is Mr. Freeze? Um, She's just, like, sitting on top of him, like, putting blue lipstick onto his (laughs) lips. It's really creepy. 
she really likes the uh the she literally she like, likes the tom petty you, music video for mary jane's last dance literally kissing him and she's like you don't you don't feel like other boys and it's like oh, oh no, no. Uh, i don't want to talk about this movie anymore this movie was upsetting it would be it would you know it would be funny no if like he it took him to like being dead to realize like oh i shouldn't be with this girl yeah she's not she's still she's not that nice she keeps like walking away from him like when he comes back from the dead for her she's like no that i just said that to you yeah goodbye because you were dying like when when a girl says that to you it's like no what i'm gonna go back to being dead (laughs) that 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 was mean I have no heartbeat anymore, and that hurt my heart. <laughs> yeah, this this movie has some wonderful moments. Like, yeah, you zombie slut. Like, that's that's great. We threw that in there. Just this is an upsetting movie. What's... Oh yeah, and his friend, like, like I said, by the end of it, his friend is like, you know who you need to kill next. It's like, where was the rational? Where is the rational man from the beginning of this movie? Well, I realized if you actually died, I would have no friends. Like, is this it? Is there, like, and when I say it, I mean, like, the clown movie. Like, is this, is something in everybody's water? I don't know. I think Like, does Cloris Leachman know that there is an alien beneath the sewers? Yes, and she's probably that wise turtle from space that... But yeah, I I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. I don't want to talk about it either. How many bagels? Uh, one. I'm giving it. I'm giving it two because there are two jokes I laughed at. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, two. Because I did laugh at two jokes. Like it is an experience. It's funny in the sense that it's like I don't know. It kind of. It's kind of like the way i feel about twilight now Mm. it's just so like over the top that it becomes this movie isn't good but like twilight has the appeal of like this is this was such a moment in time yeah and like it's so angsty and like like i said of that time where it becomes funny and it becomes an experience oh this movie also opened up against hocus pocus (laughs) It didn't stand a fucking chance. Well, Hocus Pocus tanked, too. Hocus Pocus was a flop. And? But, yes. This movie just... Everything about it is upsetting. It objectifies this poor... This poor woman. The parents are idiots. Everyone is a moron. Yep. And he is a creep. Yes, he is a creep. And she is a creep. Everybody be creeping, except for the man who's just trying to protect his family from getting eaten. Okay. The PR team tried to label this as the next Beetlejuice. No. That's Yeah, they're like, no. this is going to be the greatest Halloween horror comedy since Beetlejuice. Oh, no. But it came out in, like, July. It was a summer release. And so was Hocus Pocus. Yes. Yeah. But then it tanked. Like, this movie is just not good. It's upsetting. And the acting is 
for having four yeah. Oscar winners in this movie, the acting is terrible. It's very male gaze. It's very distracting. It's it's very just terrible writing, objectifying. It's just very just. Uh, yep. So that was my boyfriend's back. Thank God. I really, like I said, I really wanted him to just like pop out of the grave and be like, my boyfriend's, your boyfriend's back and I'm here to say. I'm going to eat brains. Staging fake crimes is not okay. But you did it. Get back in your grave. So do you want to promote anything, honey? I would like to promote Stabby. What's Stabby? You mean, oh, when Scary met Stabby? Yeah, that. That's Stabby. Yeah, Haley's going to... That's my favorite kind of stabs. Haley's going to be on the season finale of When Scary Met Stabby. Um, I am. And I have Hell is a Musical, and those are all on social media. We had a great season of Stabby. And, sweetie, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you for getting me through my trauma. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Bye.